Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Poplar PropCast. Uh, we're super excited today because the company that we're talking to is called Rebuilt, and they do something that's a little bit different than some of the iBuyers out there. I wouldn't really compare them to that, but it, it's we've got two of the founders with us, and Rebuilt buys kind of distressed assets, gets people out of them, and then rehabs them and then sells them. So it has both a marketplace for homes and a bit of leverage to go in and acquire homes that need a degree of built or work. There's also some other facets to their current um, offerings that we'll get into later, but I wanted to in introduce uh, both of the people. This is uh, Scott and Brandon from Rebuilt. Welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, Scott, would you give us a little bit of your background prior to Rebuilt and how you ended up there? Sure. Thanks, Justin. We appreciate uh, being on the opportunity to chat with you today. Um, yes. Yeah, so actually, uh, oddly enough, Brandon and I were in the wholesale business, but we wholesaled college textbooks um, prior to getting into wholesaling real estate. So, um, you know, we, we worked for a company called the Southwestern Company, whose office is really close to... Um, our current headquarters there in Nashville, but Brandon and I met in college uh, working for Southwestern. And during that, that, uh, that job, we actually sold books door to door um, during the summers away from home. So it was kind of a crazy boot camp sales uh, type job. And then when I left Southwestern after two summers, Brandon stayed on and recruited and, and built a direct sales org. And then I got into college textbooks in 2005 and then when he left um, Southwestern in about 2011, we reconnected and I said, Brandon, I need help uh, building out this college textbook company. At that time, I was dabbling in some real estate. I had done some fix and flips, had some buy and holds there in my uh, here in my local market in Lexington, Kentucky. And then Brandon uh, was also involved in real estate. He'd been, he had gotten his license, uh, his real estate agent license in the 2000s and had bought and sold some properties that he it had some rentals for himself and then he came over and brought like 40 sales reps in a year <laughs> and the company just kind of exploded in the the book business and at that time he said hey we need to talk to my cousin al al was working um on wall street for blackrock he said he could really help us with our technology some of our um analytics and some of our our data and whatnot so al consulted for a year or so. And then he and Brandon became equity partners in the textbook business in 2015. And through that business, you know, at that time, we're like, we all love real estate. Brandon had his stuff in Nashville. I had mine in Lexington. Al had his in uh, in Philadelphia. But we said, why? we're already tied at the hip with the book company. Why don't we start buying real estate together? So between 2015 and 2018, we sourced about 120 properties, mainly from wholesalers that we bought, rehabbed, and rented. And really just through the Burr method, we're able to grow quickly, uh, recirculating, you know, about the same uh, few hundred thousand dollar credit line. And so then in 2018, you know, we're looking, we're like, man, we've paid these wholesalers a ton of money to bring us these deals. Maybe we could do this for ourselves. We, um, so really Rebuilt was started as a way to source off-market property for our own portfolio. Uh, and then we started through the marketing efforts, getting so many different uh, opportunities that we couldn't buy them all. So we're like, well, maybe we ought to assi assign a few to some other investors in the network. Um, and so we did that five grand here, eight grand there, 10 grand there. We're like, wow, actually this might be more scalable and easier than actually 
dealing with contractors. Imagine that and having to actually yeah. fix these things yeah. up. <laughs> so um, we, we so then you, moved into Nashville. Will, will you hit on two definitions just because we bring them up a lot when we're talking about uh, real estate and that's wholesalers and the Burr method, which is B-R-R-R. Kind of like the Correct. movie that just came out, but with a B in front. So if you define those two terms for our listeners and the way that you think about them. Sure. Real estate wholesaling is essentially um, getting a property under contract and then assigning the rights to purchase that property to another end investor. So when we talk to sellers, we say there's three things that we're going to do to this house. We're either going to fix it and flip it. We're going to fix it and rent it. Or we're going to sell it to one of an investor in our network that's going to do one of those two things. Sellers are like, that's great. You know, they they just want out of the property for the most part, want to make sure they're going to get paid at the end, right? And that we can perform. Um, as far as the BRRRR method, it's an acronym that stands for buy it, rehab it, rent it, refinance it, then repeat. So it allows you, if you're all in to the property for 80% of the after repair value, a bank will lend you 80% of that after repair value. So you can basically get 100% financing um, using that method and, and still maintain 20% equity in the property. Yeah. And for the for the people that are thinking about doing this, there's two ways of doing it. There's one with a classic mortgage, which is what Scott's talking about. And that's where you, you, can, you can buy a house with 10, 20% down. You can even buy it on an arm. It's not a great idea, but you can buy them on arms, especially right now. And then you do enough work to it to change the value of the property and then refinance it. The other one is on cash flow. And there are many lenders out there that will do cash flow lending. And say you find a house where the market rents are pretty under what the area will support. You can get that house, keep the residents in it. And then as soon as they move out, you can do whatever you want to. You can buy them out. You can wait till they move out. But when they move out, if you put a substantial amount of work into the property and a little bit of money, so this is usually your own sweat and tears. Then you can turn around, rent it for more, and get a, a mortgage again or get a loan against the cash flow. And that's the other way that you can pull that money out. So both of those are options if you're looking at one of these ways to get the property, get your money back out, and use it again. That's great, Justin. And I always encourage people. People ask me all the time, "How do I get started?" And I said, "Well, do you own your own home?" And sure, I own my own home. Do you have any equity? Yeah, we, you know, we've been there for a little bit. Find a credit union or a local bank that'll give you. Um, a high loan to value. So that basically you can tap the equity in your home to be able to purchase using that line of credit, a property, do the rehab and then go get a loan and refinance and then pay your equity line off. And that's kind of how I got started uh, was using lines of credit as cash for cash purchases uh, and then fixing them up with that line of credit and then refining and paying the line of credit back. Yeah. And that's, it's a great way to do it. There's tons of stuff out there on strategies um, before we get too deep in the weeds, though, I, I want to bring Brandon in and give him a chance to talk and kind of introduce himself and roll through uh, his experience with textbooks, property, and then real estate. Sure. Nice to be on the pod. <laughs> be a friend of the pod. Um, so See, my, you can tell Brandon listens to podcasts because he instantly goes to friend of the pod. <laughs> I'm a friend of the pod. I'm, I'm part of the pod of whales. Um but my background's kind of crazy. I uh, went to college at the University of Richmond and graduated uh, in 2003. And while I was in college, I sold books like Scott mentioned. And then after college, I moved to Raleigh and I built a big direct sales organization, primarily at ACC colleges like Clemson, 
Carolina, NC State, Duke, UVA. Um, and I did that for 13 years. And I traveled all over the country recruiting college students to go knock on doors over the summer, which was an, a pretty intense uh, direct sales program out of Nashville. So can you detail that a little bit? Because I've never thought of, of, is this textbook sales or this is just book sales? So it's the oldest direct sales company in the U.S. And it's called Southwestern. It's based out of Nashville. And it was founded in 1855. And the reason it's called Southwestern is that was actually the southwest corner of the U.S. at the time. And they published Bibles. And um, after the Civil War ended, the publishing company, Nashville's always been a publishing hub, which is part of how country music ended up coming to Nashville. Uh, that's a different podcast. I can, I can, yeah, we'll, we'll go into that, but I'm, I'm now I'm fascinated with that. I'm making notes. All right, go ahead. So, well, it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting, but the, you know, after the, the civil war, a college age men started to go out and sell Bibles to, um, these families throughout the deep South, the, the South was completely devastated economically. And this is a way, uh, and an honorable way for people to make money back, back then, uh, and in the early 20th century, it was really common for salespeople to go door to door to sell their wares and deliver milk and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't it wasn't strange to have a door to door salesperson arrive. Um, so anyway, that that program has been around since then. And they stopped selling religious stuff in like the 1950s and they started selling educational products. So they became essentially encyclopedia salespeople. And they published these these books that helped out with homework. And so when I got recruited to do it, it was 2001. And I sold educational supplemental handbooks and software and things like that. But the program is insane because I was 20 years old. I had never been anywhere besides Philadelphia or Richmond, Virginia, or kind of the mid-Atlantic area between there on 95. And I not only did I go to Nashville at 20 years old and learn how to run my own business selling books door to door, I lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin that summer uh, with a roommate and I knocked on doors for 100 hours a week and I didn't have a bike. I didn't see my name a car. I didn't have a cell phone. I just was out in, you know, everywhere from Eau Claire to uh, Chippewa Falls to Menominee in Western Wisconsin, talking to people from the upper Midwest. And it was insane. And I ended up making $20,000 as a college kid, just selling books. It's crazy. Loved it. Lost like 40 pounds. Yeah. Uh, it probably had legs I, the size of tree trunks. Looked yeah, like a, right. Yeah. And so then I came back uh, to school and I started recruiting my friends uh, to come work with me because it's not just about making money. It's about success principles, goal setting, overcoming adversity, um, building a business, all that kind of stuff, success principles that that you can apply to anything, let alone door-to-door sales. So I, I ended up doing that program for uh, 13 years. Now I sold for six summers um, and I recruited uh, for an additional six as a district sales manager. Um, and I left in 2013. And so what I did after I learned how to sell is I, I would run these organizations over the summer where I would be out selling myself, but also teaching people how to succeed in the same program. And then they would come back and recruit their friends. And it's a multi-level marketing setup like that. So that's how I learned how to build a sales organization. Yeah, uh, that's really cool that I have, um, I have amazing amounts of respect for going door to door. That's, 
that's boots on the ground, kind of in the trenches, boot camp for sales that you're never going to get. Um, even when you're calling, calling is so can be so dismissive, yeah. especially now that nobody answers the phone. But right. When you're in somebody's house at the door, overcoming objections, feel felt found, just getting that rapport. It's crazy because yeah. it's a need that's common enough. Everybody wants their kids to succeed, right? That's that's the core of what you're chasing. Right. And so you just got to get past those objections and you have a solution. Right. So that's fascinating. Okay. So is it, are there textbooks in here or is that just the educational stuff with Southwestern? So we, I learned how to sell books and how to knock on strangers' doors. I probably knocked on 150,000 doors in, in, in Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, um, Texas. And I learned how to tame the lion, how to go to someone's house and you know, make sure that you built rapport and use names and acquaintances to build and establish that rapport and then sit down in their home and build enough credibility with them that after 25, 30 minutes sitting with them, they'd write you a personal check in your name with only the promise that you would come back later in the summer with books that they don't even know exist or what company you're talking about. So you learn how to do that stuff. That's like Girl Scout level trust. That's like, yeah, here's the money, bring me cookies later. Right. But without knowing about the company that you're working for. Yeah, exactly. So, and this was a little bit before Facebook and stuff blew up and um, so it was a little different time. My first summer was before 9-11. Uh, the country and the, and the trust level was a bit different. Kids still do this program nowadays, but um, you know, it's a little different approach than, than it was back in the day. But nonetheless, I learned how to do that stuff. And then when I reconnect with Scott, he's like, well, you know how to sell books, but why don't you teach people how to buy books? And so I'm like, well, that sounds a hell of a lot easier than what I've been doing. Uh, and it was. And so I'm like, dude, if you give me a chance to go pitch this to people I worked with, I will knock it out of the park. And that's when we started to bring people over from the, the, the Southwestern realm, people I'd worked with previously that had that experience. And then they learned how to buy books with us. And it went so well that we brought Alan to help us with the operational side of things. But I think you know, I could talk obviously about what, what I did in that world forever. I met my wife through the program. Uh, my brother sold books with me. My brother-in-law sold books. My sister-in-law sold books. Um, all my best friends, for the most part, in that year of my life uh, are, are alum of that program. But I think the key is, you know, Scott and I learned what it took to be successful in running a business and solving problems and things like that. But with Rebuilt, um, I feel like we we had an insight into how to do the things we do that a lot of prop tech companies either refuse to to understand or can't understand. And that's that you have this local presence in real estate <clears throat> that always comes back to a person talking to another person and offering solutions and being there to explain things, to build credibility and and talking to somebody in person at their kitchen table and understanding their situation, listening, asking good questions, um, and then having a solution. And that's all the stuff that we learned how to do in college. So what was what was the pivot and pull that that made you go, okay, books are fun, but what about houses? Like what when's the real estate kind of crop in for you? Well, you you might not know this, but there was a global pandemic a couple of years ago. I heard about that, yeah. COVID. And, and, you know, what COVID did was make it 
impossible to go on college campuses for an indeterminate amount of time. And so yeah, that, and the students weren't there in a lot of cases. Right, and the professors weren't there. And if you were there, even if you had a mask on, if you recall in the spring and summer, if you saw someone out in public trying to talk to you in a closed space, you'd be like, ah! yeah. so <laughs> that, that was like, well, this ain't going to work. So we shut down recycle a textbook very quickly and we pivoted into uh, rebuild. Now I will say that we set up rebuild a couple years prior to COVID. We slow rolled everything and it was, it was just, it was essentially like, um, let's just keep this on the back burner for the future and see if we have something. Gotcha. So COVID gave us a chance to double down and focus on, all right, well, let's, let's see if we can actually grow this thing. Like n- none of us wanted to get a real job. And so we're like, well, let's just see if we have something with rebuild or not. And, you know, so far it's been, it's been working out. <laughs> Okay, so now we're transitioning into rebuild. So you slow rolled it for a while, and then COVID's the impetus to really go for it. At that point, what was rebuilt doing, and how many properties had it had passed through its doors? Is this the point where you're mostly acting as a, a, a switch off, so you don't have to use wholesalers? Yeah. So, like we, you might have heard like the expression "amateurs borrow and professionals steal," um, and so. You know, Scott and I and Al, we're, we're not very creative in a lot of ways. And we just thought, well, let's let's take what we learned from arbitraging textbooks. Right. And let's apply that to real estate and finding property that we know is worth something and then seeing if we can match that property with with a buyer. So, you know, what we what we how we approached Rebuild initially was, you know, we're we work with a lot of college students in textbooks, right? And so we said, all right, well, let's let's go ahead and head over to the University of Kentucky, which is five minutes up the street from our warehouse. And I asked Scott to go over there and talk to people in the finance department. And so Scott is an alum. I call him the mayor of Lexington. Everybody knows Scott. <laughs> Everyone loves Scott. Um, and so I'm like, man, just go over to like UK and talk to people in the business school and see what happens. So Scott went over and talked. It's to funny because you say go over to UK. And the first thing I think of is, is London, but you're talking university of yeah. Kentucky, That'd be cool. That'd be a much, much different investment strategy. Yeah. I would love to do rebuild in the United Kingdom. That'd be badass. but, um, just keep an eye on it, man. Right now they're having a hard time. I think that the whole Brexit thing bit them more in the butt than, uh, they oh, thought yeah. it would. So we I, might be able to go in and just buy it. I, I love that. Um, so anyway, Scott went over and started talking to the biz school and there he found some uh, some interns and they, you know, just to take a step back, young people, we, what we discovered was that young men and women that are college age, like back when we were in college, everybody wanted to work for like Amazon or Silicon Valley or, you know, the, the, the tech stuff, pets.com or whatever. And then like in the eighties, everybody wanted to be like Gordon Gecko and work on wall street and whatever. But kids nowadays want to be rock stars in real estate. And so we went over and started talking with these, these undergrads and they're like, we love bigger pockets. We love real estate. We want to create, you know, uh, passive income and mailbox money. And we're like, come work with us. We're building that. So we found some incredible young people to come work in our office and just seed rebuild initially. And it, and it was really exciting and cool. Uh, they were working part time and uh, we're setting up our systems and all that stuff. And it was, again, it was just sort of like, 
let's slow roll this thing and see if we have something. And we, I remember our first assignment was for $5,000. And we were like, oh my God, it works. It worked. Uh, <laughs> so you know, Scott was leading the charge in Lexington. He did a wonderful job because Scott is an investor and everyone knows him. So we just kind of slowly did that. It worked really well in Lexington. We, we self-funded. We didn't take any outside money. We didn't take any money out of the company. We just reinvested it while we did our textbook stuff for a, a day job. Um, and then when COVID hit, we decided to double down. We said, let's open up Nashville. Let's open up Austin because we had some book buyers in Austin that we wanted to repurpose. <laughs> We're like, hey, your your job is literally <laughs> been destroyed by a global pandemic. Uh, do you want to learn how to do real estate investing? And they're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Teach me. <laughs> so, we, so we set up Austin and that went really well. And then, you know, it's just sort of like um, synchronistic and, and, you know, kismet or something but al the the third founder my you know we're, we're family and his wife who he's been with for over 20 years just so happens to have a first cousin who works in private equity in philadelphia with a fund called ll funds and he was working with them and and they were putting up OfferPad or at the time where the majority owner of, of OfferPad and they're beginning to get that company ready to, to go public out of Phoenix. And Al has known AJ, the gentleman that worked for LL Funds. He's known AJ since AJ was in grade school and Al worked on Wall Street and AJ- and a, quick, a quick disclaimer, Poplar Funds or Poplar Homes has money from LL Funds as well. I, I think yes. our initial introduction was through our, our mutual yeah, investor. That's right. So full disclosure, yeah. uh, we're sponsored. But so <laughs> so AJ and Al know each other since you know forever. And AJ went was also into finance. Obviously, went to Northeastern and intended to go into some kind of Wall Street role, and which is what Al was doing at BlackRock. So Al had essentially mentored AJ over the years, and they were they were close at family events and stuff. And so he was telling them about Rebuild, and like AJ knew that we did this weird textbook thing, yeah. and. And that there's just a strange textbook arbitrage. And so when Al started talking to him about Rebuilt, he was like, man, this is pretty interesting. In fact, it sounds an awful lot like what we do with OfferPad. I actually think uh, LL would have some interest in hearing more about what you guys do. And so Al told us that. We're like, oh, my God, that's insane. Like, really? They, these dudes want to hear about this, like, weird company we started in <laughs> Lexington? And, you know, we're like, cool. Sounds good to us. So we connected with LL. They're They're awesome. We love LL, you know, full disclosure on the pod now, but they really are truly great uh, partners. And we told them what we we're working on and they're like, this is really interesting. And we said, we're not really ready yet to like take outside money. We really want to try to open a few more offices before we do that. And so long story short, as we built, rebuilt uh, out and we expanded into different marketplaces, we ended up signing a, a term sheet with them and raising money in the fall of 20. 21 that allowed us to expand our operations and go into these different marketplaces. That's a, that's a fantastic kind of connection story. Cause I think one of the things that a lot of people do with their business ideas or their kind of plans for it is there's, there's a tightness for a lot of people where they're like, well, if I get more people in, it dilutes the amount that I'll make in the end. And I really want it to be just my vision. But I think that, and this is my experience and I'm curious to yours as well. And this is what I'm hearing is that as you talk to more and more people about what you do, the network of people who have people that may be able to help you expands exponentially. And then when you eventually bump into the right fit, 
it allows you to both retain your vision and get outside guidance to more quickly achieve your vision. So I yeah. think people that are afraid of outside money for too long, there's a validity there. Like I get the wanting to own stuff and be like the sole proprietor and I'm going to make it work. But man, you can get on a rocket ship if you get some other people to help support you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the first time I hung out with Scott, you know, he he was in a similar scenario where he was the sole proprietor and he knew that it was tough to scale the company by himself. And he was aware of the things he did well and what he needed some help with and whatnot. Um, and a lot of the the people that were buying books with him at the time had this scarcity mentality where, you know, they were like, well, I don't want to work with other people or build other people or take advice from others or kind of cut them in on what I'm doing. I want to maximize every cent I'm making from the books. And, you know, when we got together, I said, man, I just look at it like abundance, you know, a law of abundance yeah. where there's plenty of books out there for everyone. And I feel like if we can help people get what they want, you know, we in turn can kind of have whatever we want to have as well. So we've always been big on collaborating, involving other people at the decision side of things, taking advice and, and counsel from as many quality people as we can. So, so I want to pivot and ask Scott about that. Cause Scott, your, your title's chief growth officer, correct? Yes. Okay. So as chief growth, chief growth officer, I want to say chief because the growth, gets, <laughs> no, chief growth officer, Tongue twister. as, as CGO there, we'll make it easy on myself. Um, as CGO, and you look at that and you look at that path towards expansion, how do you think about both the input from LL funds financially, the assistance in LL funds and finding expertise and then how that affects your growth pattern, your ability to expand. Like, how does that story play out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we definitely, um, as Brandon said, have an abundance mentality. And LL has been a great partner um, with really a strategic partner. You know, we, we didn't really look to raise outside capital. And LL just kind of, as Brandon alluded to, kind of fell on our laps. Uh, and we didn't shop it. We, we, what we liked about them is that they were, would be strategic in helping us grow the company. Um, and ultimately, you know, we're on a, we're on a mission to Mars is the way we like to explain it to our, to our builders and our employees. And really the way that we're going to get to Mars is, um, you know, we, the mission, I guess, is to become the brand associated with real estate investing really for mom and pop investors. And, this rocket ship that we're building and growing um, to get to Mars is a marketplace uh, that, that we'll talk about. But the marketplace kind of creates the ecosystem where these mom and pop investors can transact on that platform. And then, you know, they're buying and selling property up through the platform, applying for lending, title, property management, construction. But the fuel for the marketplace and the rocket ship is really our ability to source off-market inventory and so that's really where it comes down to like boots on the ground in the local offices growing these um these these local local offices and local talent to actually go out and sit at the kitchen table with mrs jones uncover their their situation and need uh and and do a sales presentation and, and we we really pitch kind of a one call close to where when they're they're in the home. They, they have all the decision makers in front of them and, um, you know, that they can walk out with a, with a decision, whether it be yes or no, we just don't want maybes. Right. Um, right. 
But as the growth officer, kind of circling back to your your question, I focus on my, my back. I've never really had a corporate job. Um, and so I've always been self-employed. So I'm probably a little more entrepreneurial or, or more the entrepreneurial one out of the, the three of us. So I stand up new verticals that can complement rebuilds cash offer business. So there's a handful of companies. Uh, there's there's rebuilt holdings at the top, but then we have rebuilt offers, which is our cash offer company. We have um, national title services, which is our in-house title company. We have rebuilt capital, which is our lending arm. And then uh, most recently we launched rebuilt brokerage, which um, will kind of be the exhaust of the fuel brokerage for us. Um, we, we focus and, and live in the off-market investor quality type uh, properties. So we're not marketing to $350,000 homes to try to get listings for our brokerage, but sometimes the cash offer won't work for someone. So in those scenarios, we want the ability to uh, to convert that to a potential listing. So the brokerage, like I said, will kind of be the exhaust of the cash offer business and will be opportunistic to um, to list properties. But all that falls back into growth because all those verticals um, need to transact on the platform, right? So you can yeah. want to list your house through the platform. You can do that. If you want to buy a house, sell a house, uh, an investment property, if you want Pro- Poplar to manage your property through the platform, if you want construction services, tr- try to really create an ecosystem that can help grow a business for for mom and pop investors. And this is something that if anybody that's listening to this, that's already on the Poplar platform, this is something we're consistently thinking about and consistently trying to figure out, which is how to make it easier for you guys to acquire properties in markets as we expand. Because we know that you're on our platform, you like our product, uh, it's working for you. So if we can go, hey, you've got a house in LA, do you want to buy in Nashville? Do you want to buy in Kansas? And then all of a sudden we have this partner like Rebuilt where we just point you at and go, we can do that. You can talk to them, they have some stuff right now. Like that's a thing that is still a piece of friction for anybody that's a a two-person shop, a a three-person shop, specifically the mom and pops, when you're owning two or three doors and going, how do I get another one? That's what Bigger Pockets has a lot of uh, attention to. There's a bunch of subreddits that talk about that. There's even Facebook groups that talk about the local investing scene. And when you're looking at expanding as a mom and pop, there's this deference towards DIY, right? There's this, well, it's, it's, I want to buy within two miles of me so that when something happens, I can drive over there and fix it. But you don't want to do that on Christmas. You don't want to do that when you're in Cancun. You don't want to do that when you're visiting your kids halfway across the country. So that's the point at which professional services really make sense. I think that for a lot of people, there's a point at which you switch from DIY to yeah. actually looking at the money side, right? Absolutely. And so as you're Absolutely. growing through that, that's that's a big shift in mentality. And that's what we want to help people with. Um, we want to be able to help the California investor who can only get a two cap a mile down the road yeah. to be able to come into a market like Nashville, Huntsville, Birmingham, Lexington, Louisville, Cincinnati, and get double digit cap rates on investments. And guess what? It's pretty hands off. I mean, other than yeah. uh, managing some of the cash flow, I mean, if the management's there and the construction piece is in place and we're sourcing inventory for you, then it really becomes. Uh, just how much gas do you want to put on the fire to grow it? So let's do a little a little teeny pitch right here. So if somebody is like, oh, that sounds like where I want to be, if not now, I want to know about it now so I can do it in a year. 
or a year and a half? How do they get involved? Know what you have, start being aware of those things. Well, they can always email me easily at scott at rebuilt.com and I can connect them with, with the right people. We're refacing our, our and rebuilding our website. That's hopefully within the next couple of months we'll have, have that rolled out. Currently at rebuilt.com, it's more set up as like a, a selling, like a seller would visit that, and enter their info um, if they want to get rid of a property. But we do have information on the page as well to sign up to be a VIP investor. So you can sign up um, under the buy tab at rebuilt.com, enter your contact info, and it has a list of all the markets that um, that we're in currently. And then you can start seeing deals immediately uh, in your inbox or, or text right to your phone. Yeah um, via those markets. I think that that probably makes a lot of sense for you guys that are listening that want to be a part of this. It, it sounds like, and having worked with them so far, this piece is developing and it's developing fast. So if you're in on it now, you're going to be ahead of the curve than the people that jump in in six months, which is going to be beneficial for you as an investor and as a real estate owner. Um, also, if I may, I just wanted to to clarify, if you go to rebuild.com, there's a there's a tab that says that you join the VIP buyers list and you would enter your email and cell phone number. This was a recent addition to the website, so Scott might not have seen it yet, but um, <clears throat> not only do you just enter all that info about your email and your cell phone and then interested markets. So, you know, if you're interested in Memphis, Birmingham, Delaware, South Jersey, Huntsville, San Antonio, Dayton, Cincinnati, Chattanooga, Louisville, Northern Kentucky, Philly, Austin, Lexington, Knoxville, and Nashville. Those are all markets that we source in and click one, two, or all or whatever in between, and you'll start getting our deals sent to your inbox. That's great. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about the other facet and kind of the title of the company. So you guys are called Rebuilt, and you do have a construction component. Can you go through what that is and what that looks like? Sure. I think I can explain it a bit. And then maybe Scott, he's more involved on the construction side. But, you know, when we first founded Rebuilt, the notion was that we were going to, to source our own deals and keep it in an SFR portfolio. And that's actually what we did. And we mostly bought in Lexington. And we, we basically, we bought close to 100 doors in a year. And... <laughs> We use the Burr method, like Scott chat, uh, d discussed a, a while ago, and um, we're able to leverage heavily with those properties. And you know, within you know ten months, we were able to uh, amass a, a eighty plus hundred plus door portfolio in Lexington. That's a lot of doors. How many yeah. people did it take you to kind of pull those doors together? What kind of a, a staff level are we here? <laughs> it took like it was like Scott and and like you know, and. I have to tell you, and maybe this, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, it, we hated it. It was terrible. And so <laughs> it, it, went, it went so poorly for us because uh, we were just were knuckleheads. It didn't, didn't scale it the way we should have that we actually decided we wanted to sell it the next year. And we ended up selling it off market because of the reasons a lot of uh, landlords enjoy working with Rebuilt is that you can sell them in bulk and it's more convenient and you can liquidate and all that. So we, we started Rebuilt with the notion we would you know, rebuild these properties and remediate them. And we did that for like 12 months, but then we were like, ah, this is really hard. Um, and so we started to focus on our core competency more, which is sourcing and um, the, the deal math and the stuff. But to be really clear, um, 
Al and Scott and myself, we've rehabbed and, and remodeled, you know, hundreds of homes. We've, uh, you know, redone our own personal homes. Uh, we've, you know, we still own investment property. We're landlords. Um, we have an extensive background in home remodeling. Um, when I first met Scott, he was flipping homes. Um, that was what he was spending quite a bit of his time doing. So we have a very robust background in that side of the business. Um, but that was, you know, so in some ways the name rebuilt is a bit of a misnomer, but we actually think it's a cool name. So we, we want to, we want to keep it. And we also do help to rebuild communities and homes and things of that sort. So it isn't inaccurate. Um, but the mission of the company, you know, was recalibrated a bit after the first year. We learned really quickly that we do not want to scale a construction company. I, I've lost more sleep or have more sleepless nights when I have, you know, three or four open projects and juggling contractor schedules and, and supply chain issues. So we really want to find a good partner. Uh, if anyone's listening and has a, um, a great construction scaling uh, ability to scale, we, we definitely want to find a partner to plug into the marketplace for that. But as Brandon said, um, we have definitely rehabbed hundreds of homes and we own a portfolio of a couple dozen homes in Nashville that Brandon was very involved in. All of those needed uh, um, some TLC and those are under management now with Poplar. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where we came in and started working with these guys. And in that, we're we're helping out and kind of working on growing more markets so we can support more of this and kind of figure out how to bring our our services to their markets and their markets to our owners. So if, if you're one of our owners on that's on the popular platform, we, the idea, and this is speaking out of turn, but I'll do it anyway. And the idea is that if you're on our platform and you're ready to get rid of a property, we have an in-between sitting here waiting. We can keep it under the same management, sell it. Somebody else on the platform can pick it up. Rebuilt can pick it up. There's a lot of different options then. So we're trying to provide more options for our owners to be able to move their properties around and get liquidity when they need it. So that properties aren't as locked in and long-term of an investment. There's something that can be turned a little bit quicker, closer to the way a stock turns instead of the way a property turns. Yep. Okay. So with that, um, let's kind of wrap up on the rebuilt thing by doing a couple of things. One is again, to check out what they're doing, you can go to rebuilt.com, R-E-B-U-I-L-T.com. And there's a whole bunch of information on there that'll get you started. They are redoing the website. So you'll be able to see that in a few months, probably Q2 this year. Yes. Okay. So yes. Q2 2023, there'll be a fresh coat of paint on that beast, which will be a lot of fun for everybody. Um, and then kind of going through the markets again, can you run through them, Brandon or Scott, and just sure. everywhere you're at right now? Um, I feel like Johnny Cash. Right? I've been to Reno, Nevada, all the, all the different, you know, I've been everywhere, man. But uh, we're in San Antonio. We're in Austin. We are in Huntsville. We're in Birmingham. We're in Nashville, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Memphis, Louisville, Lexington, Philadelphia, and Cincinnati. Man, that's a lot. There's so many good food tastes in that list. That I just yeah. don't want to think about it. It's just too no much. No doubt. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys. We're going to talk to Rebuilt again, but we're going to talk to him a lot about Nashville. So if you want to tune in for that, we're really excited for you to hear it. Uh, we look forward to talking to them a little bit more, and we look forward to you guys listening. So thanks, and we'll see you next time here on the Poplar PropCast. 
You can visit us for property management services at poplar.homes slash POD. Again, that's poplar.homes slash POD. You can find the guys at Rebuilt over at rebuilt.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a great time. 